now let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation. Always stay gracious, best be hey, I'm excited to have you on because I don't know much about I don't know much about platonic touch. I don't know much about cuddling, so I am really excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. Yay. I like talking about this. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? How did you get started or interested in your work? So my name is Shayla. Hey. Um, and I am originally from Mississippi. I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia for like the past three years oh, almost wow. now. Um, my Formal background and training is in psychology, um, mental health counseling. So I have a master's degree in mental health counseling and have been a counselor in like a lot of different settings. Um, and my work in cuddling actually started when I was in my doctorate program um, a few years ago. I was going to school and working on my doctorate for counseling psychology. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> cuddling popped up a few times like on my radar as you know, an industry and work that people were doing. And initially when it came up, I didn't really pay that much attention to it. Um, But then at one point in my doctorate program, I needed to move into a space and I was going to um, make my way to New York to finish some of my training with one of my mentors there. Mm -hmm. And I was um, cuddling came across my, came across my radar again. And it was like, okay. So for me, um, I'm a very, like, mm, things come to me that mm-hmm. stand out to me, mm-hmm. like, a certain number of times. So yeah. when I saw this come up again, it was, like, a signal for me, like, oh, okay, hey, you need to pay attention to this. So I started to do more research in the area, and I was, like, I think I may want to look into um, seeing if I can develop my own cuddling business because I was doing research and learning about other people who were doing the work in different cities. Um, mm-hmm. There are a few ladies in different areas of New York who are doing it. There's a lady in Portland and then some other places around the country. And as I read more about it, I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. Oh, I love to cuddle also. <laughs> oh, this is really important work. Yeah. And it could be really beneficial for people. So I was like, I think I'm going to move into this industry and create my own business. And I'm going to, like, integrate my training that I've had in psychology also. Um, and that's going to be a little bit of the way that I approach doing this work. So so it started like that. It started um, because, for me, symbolically, things come up a certain number of times. And mm-hmm. when that came across my radar again, I was like, obviously, this is a sign <laughs> that this is something I need to look deeper into. So Definitely. That's amazing. So what, I guess... And I operate the same exact way. Usually sometimes when I hear things, I'm like, oh, the first time, like, all right. Second time. But then when I hear the third time, I'm like, okay, maybe I need to get into this Uh message (laughs) and really tune into what's happening here. So what was it about cuddling and I guess what what you were learning that attracted you to um, actually being the co-founder of a Southern Touch company? So um, when I was reading about why people um, were doing cuddling work and what they thought the benefit was for others, it resonated with me because I thought about my own life. And I've lived in several different places um, once I began going to college. Like, I moved for school a lot. So I left home, and I moved to California at one point. Then I moved to back home. I moved to Tennessee. Then I moved to Seattle. Then mm. I moved back to Nashville. And so I thought about my life and being in all those different spaces. And I realized that when I was in those different spaces, yeah. I was often looking for a connection. Um, and I wasn't always in a relationship with someone. Mm. So I recognized that I would make connections with people. And it was not out of a desire necessarily to build like a, a partnership with them, like a full-time partnership or a sexual relationship. But it was really because I wanted to have my touch needs met. But at that time, I didn't have the language for that. And I didn't mm. understand that's what I was seeking. Mm. But when I began, like when I really started researching cuddling and I was like, wait a minute. I feel like, because I, I was like, oh, I love to cuddle. And I started thinking about my life and all the places I lived. I was like. I had a cuddle buddy here. Yes. I had a cuddle buddy here. Yes. I, I was like, wait a minute. Yes. Okay. Yep. 
bigger part of the work that I am meant to do because I've been on this path already. I didn't recognize that this is what that was. So yes, I love that. So all right, professional cuddling. Like, what do we need to know? And I and I'm like, and I'm starting at a less than one hundred level. I've like, you know, I've been reading articles and I think, um, I mean, of course I've heard about this a lot. I've heard like about cuddle parties. I've, I've even, um, seen people try and connect like the, do you need a hug? Like the people standing outside with the signs, like hug free hugs, people kind of playing into this Mm -hmm. or laying, or maybe being an added layer into like cuddling or platonic touch. And so, I mean, I don't even know where to start. What do I need to know? Some people see this as an orgy. Some people are like, what are you doing? Why are we touching people? And so I I, I, mean, I find it fascinating. A couple of articles that I was reading before to get like prepped for this conversation was talking about like, um, you know, folks who are experiencing trauma or folks who are like, look, I don't want to have sex. I just want to have someone touch up on me because touch is so important. I've, Mm -hmm. you know, I even think like, um, just reading articles just in general around like babies needing touch. So I think there's just a lot of conversations happening around touch, but I know, I know nothing. So tell us about what I need to know about being a professional cuddler and what does that all encompass? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I feel like it's so simple, but like maybe, (laughs) maybe it's not. So I think, I think the first thing and like the central thing is definitely like a love for people and really coming from, so like, maybe the intention and the motivation Mm. might be the central thing for me. Okay. And so definitely I believe coming from a place of wanting to support people and having healthier lives and, and understanding that all of us are different parts of our journey and that, um, the importance of touching our lives is definitely something that we have either not been taught or we haven't had an opportunity to cultivate by virtue of, and I'm speaking from, like, an American perspective because this is where I've grown up and where I've lived. Um, By virtue of, like, the society that we live in and the way that touch is viewed in our society. So understanding and being very compassionate um, and definitely not, you know, center focus being, like, making money. Mm. Um, but having like a heart for people and really wanting to support people, their like healing, their like growth, their comfort, like all those different things. We're really just wanting to be there for people and provide like a safe space for them. I think that's like center, mm-hmm. um, at least for me. Yeah. And then like the minor logistic, oh, minor, I won't, I won't say minor, but like the, I guess the other parts, like the logistical thing. So you got to, like, love people um, and because you're going to be interacting with many different people. And this is not – it's kind of like most other services, but it's, it's definitely not about um, sex. It's not about, like, other things that mm-hmm. – it's not about, like, building a mm, – it is about relationships, but not building, like, a – like a typical like interpersonal relationship with someone. So like attraction and things like that are not important in yeah. this, you know, in this field. Um, I see. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out like how I'm trying to say it. So I guess me coming from a counseling background mm-hmm. um, and understanding that people are coming in at different levels and they need support and healing and love and all those other things and understanding that um, I might not, always necessarily like a client that I connect with, you know, so feeling safe around people, definitely. But, you know, we might not agree on 100% everything. And I have to be able to be in the space where I recognize my own stuff. Right. And then also recognize um, how that could be interacted with the client, but knowing that I'm here to help serve and support the client. Gotcha. So I think that's like center. And then other things, what does a session look like if I was to call you and say, hello, 
a southern <laughs> a southern touch company i'd love to have a session like what what do i need to know what do i need to bring like what does a session look like what do i need to be relaxed do i need to keep my head on the swivel like what <laughs> what does a session a regular session look like with you or in general so a regular session um let me see. What's the atmosphere? What's the atmosphere like? Are we going to your house? Are we coming to my house? Or do we have a secret yeah. code? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a regular session with me um, would look like, number one, we determine where we want it to meet. Okay. So we don't have a home base, my, um, my, my business partner and I. So all of our work we do is outside of our home. You know, so we go to clients, okay. basically. And so we can go to the client's home or we can meet in another location, like, you know, out in the park mm. or at the movies or just somewhere else out in public. So that really depends on um, what the client desires and we let them know that. Okay. You know, we, um, we don't have a physical location where you come to, so we're going to come to you. Um, we do have certain requirements um, related to clients and we tell them, like, Hygiene, you know, you need to be freshly washed and have on clean clothes. And, like, we do the same. Um, being aware of different people's, like, allergies and stuff like that. Okay. Like, you know, we try to say don't have any, like, heavy cologne or perfume on, um, any, like, scented things. And we do the same. So we try to hold, like, mutual and state, like, a neutral space with each other. Um we emphasize being clean. <laughs> we emphasize, you know, clean clothes and stuff like that. Like if you have um, some people, animals, you know, so we emphasize like the space that we're going to be in needs to be like nice and animal clear. Yeah. Um, where we're going to be working together. And then we will predetermine like prior to the session, like at 10 o'clock, okay, where do you think you're going to want to cuddle? Make sure that area and that space is clean too. Okay. Um, we send down paperwork before we um, before we even do, like, the consultation. So we send paperwork, and then when we meet for the consultation, they bring the paperwork. And the paperwork has a list of all the different things that we are expecting, what they can expect in a session, what they um, will be aware of is not a part of the session, the <laughs> work mm. that we do. So we emphasize that. And then we meet in person. We go over all the paperwork if they have questions or other things like that. So they'll have had that information, mm -hmm. you know, and then they can ask questions again at the beginning of the session. Um, you know, do you have any more questions? Anything came up between the time that we had our consultation and the time that we're meeting now? Um, any concerns? Anything like that? We do let them know that um, the appointments are scheduled and that we're, we let um, – someone knows our schedule so that, you know, sessions end at whatever time they book sessions for, and then we leave. So we have a bit of a security measure in there. Like, you yeah. know, um, we check in after each session with whoever is at home base waiting for us to check in and let us know, you know, let them know the session is over. And then we just begin the session. So it's pretty simple and straightforward. It's just like, be clean. We're going to be clean. Yeah. Um, have the space we're going to be in to be clean. And then we can, at the beginning of the session, if there's anything new that has come up for you, um, if you have any favorite cuddling positions that you want to be in, then you let us know and we can go from there. And if you don't have a preference, then we can just go through a different series, like, you know, through series of different, like, cuddling positions, like, organically as the session unfolds. Um, we let clients know that if they want to talk, they can. If they don't want to talk, that's completely fine. We don't have to talk at all. Mm. And... That's pretty much it, you know, and set a timer for, you know, the end of session, and then we wrap up. So, I feel like, yeah, it's pretty, it feels pretty simple and straightforward. That's pretty much everything. <laughs> no, I think, I think there are a couple things in there, like, so, as far as, like, positions, is it, is it always going to be, like, because I think when we think about cuddling, it's like, we're laying down, my arms are over you, but you also mentioned, like, if they want to be in a park or something, what's the difference when it comes to that, or as far as settings and what they may need? 
Yeah, so, um, like, if they're in the park, like, if we're in the park and it's just like, oh, I want, to, well, I guess also that depends on the time of year, right? So <laughs> if it's like, now it's a little cooler, but if it's like, oh, I want to lay out on the grass, then we could lay out and do, like, full body cuddling. But it might just be, like, I want to walk in the park and hold hands, or I want to sit on the bench and hold hands, or just have you put your arm around me, and I like to be outside. You know what? We can talk. Um, so it, it really depends on what the client is wanting in that moment that we meet, and then we adjust accordingly to that. Um, and then at home, the same thing, you know, it might be like, oh, I want to lay on the couch or, oh, I want to watch a movie or watch a game or something. And can you hold my hand or can I lay my head in your lap or can you like, you know, do a full body um, cuddle with me mm. while we're watching TV or watching a movie or anything like that. So, again, it's pretty much client led um, unless the client is like, well, I don't really have a preference. I just want to, you know, cuddle and you can leave the session. So, but always asking along the way, like, okay, now do you want to switch positions? Okay, is this position good for you? Okay, um, is there something else in the moment that you're, like, you know, you're feeling like you need, like, oh, yeah, if you could hold me, like, a little tighter or if we could do this type of position now, you mm -hmm. know, those types of things. So, because, you know, it's their session and wanting to make sure that we're always encouraging them to use their voice and to say what they really need because, um, if, you know, you're signing up for this service, it's definitely something that you're wanting to get the most out of and that's going to be very beneficial for you. Definitely. I think, I think that brings up so, so many thoughts for me. I think one of them is the, the consent piece and the, like you just said, asking for what you want. I feel like oftentimes, and I think a theme of things that have been coming up for me in education classes lately has been around like, I don't want to, I don't want to offend the person. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anyone's feeling so I'm not going to ask or say what I want but this sounds really affirming and very consent led um to be like yes no move it here tighter stronger you know um full body so it sounds like they're really building some skills in the moment as well yes yes um and I think that's really important I think also um so one thing I believe in just, like, my life and I guess, like, my life's work, if I want to call it that, yeah, um, is that they're always going to be – I believe that the journey I'm on in life um, is kind of shared. So the things that I'm learning and working on for myself also show up in my life for me to help and support other people in doing that, too. And that's just kind of like my life philosophy. Yeah. Um, so with my cuddling work, I believe that that made itself known in my life because that was something that um, I'm definitely working on and that is definitely um, or has definitely been important in my process and then recognizing it and recognizing that, oh, I'm not the only one. There are other people who need this type of support and need this type of connection in their lives too. And then like even the sexuality ed work that I do, the same thing, and it's like, oh, my journey of discovering my sexuality and different aspects of that and learning to be more empowered in that for myself, then I think I'm, I believe I'm meant to share this work with other people who are probably on a similar journey. Yeah. Right. So anyway, all of that to say like, yeah, definitely the being able to speak up and say what I really need has been a part of like my life journey and recognizing how to utilize my own voice. And then also the consent piece and recognizing that like in the society that we live in, we are not always, um, we're not always taught or cultivated. And this, Oh my gosh, this just came up the other day in one of my groups on Facebook. Um, uh, one of my groups I'm in with like some other women who do like healing work, you know, sacred sexuality work and that type of stuff. But, um, a lady mentioned a client that she had and the client was talking about her young child and around touch and sexuality mm -hmm. and her child is like six and she was concerned that her, she has a young male child. She was concerned that her child was being a lot more sexually expressive because he always wanted to like touch her butt or touch her breast mm -hmm. and she was really concerned and not really certain and so the, um, the practitioner was asking for some of our, you know, our own experiences with that or understanding or any suggestions we had that she could offer her client. Right. So I was just 
lot of people don't understand, not understand. Maybe it's not, maybe they don't. I mm-hmm. really know the stages of child development. And, you know, some questions for her to ask the mother and for the mother to consider herself, you know, with the touch and stuff that um, her son was doing. Was it really coming from a sexual place or was that the mother's filter of it? And not saying it's the mother's fault, but in the society that we live in, touch has been sexualized. Right. 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 So that's a large part of what we're um, needing to do, like desexualize touch in a way. Um, and understand there's a sexual aspect and sex is great and it's powerful and it's beautiful. And then there's a non-sexual part and we all need to receive that, you know, so much more. It shouldn't just be concentrated to like you only get touched when you're in a sexual um, environment or mm. situation or expressing yourself sexually. But one thing that the practitioner said, she was like, um, and it was so profound. Like I knew this, but like, yeah. you know, just to hear her say it, she was like, what one thing she said to the client initially was, you know, Maybe um, being aware of children are not taught to um, that their no is respected. Mm. So the mother was talking about how she's like, oh, I, I'm telling him no, but then he still or he thinks it's funny. And she's like, well, you you understand that in our society, children are not taught their no is respected because as adults, we tell them. If they say, no, I don't want to do something, we make them do it anyway. That's true. No, I don't want to do that. No, well, you have to do this. Or give so-and-so a hug. Or do this. Or yeah. do that. So their no is not respected. But then in some at some level of consciousness, we expect them to just understand. You know, they're learning language. They're learning how to move in the world. And they're learning words. You know, and we tell them yes or no. But then when they say no, it's just completely like, neutralized because they're a child right Right. so they have to do what they're told definitely and you know so it's it's just interesting how you're talking about it from the child point of view because last week when I was doing the class and it was majority grown you know grown college age women it was like well I don't really ask or say anything or adjust or move when my partner's doing something that may not be pleasing to me because I don't want to hurt their feelings or, you know, I was, I was taught, I was taught that, you know, you don't say no or you don't say anything because it's, you know, you're just, you're just there. And it's like, where do we get the, where did we, we learn this? And I think thinking about what you're just saying about the children, I think for so long when we keep ignoring people's natural intuition or natural abilities or wants to want to speak up, then you get to a place mm-hmm. as an adult where you're just like, oh, okay, well, anything goes really. Or if someone tells me that some something's supposed to feel good or if somebody tells me this is supposed to be okay, then let me just go along with it. And we we mm-hmm. got we got work to do around that. <laughs> we got yep. we got to change we Yeah, we got to change some things up because it's going to be it's just it's not I just don't think it's worth it. It's just not worth your time to be in positions, whether that's sexual or not sexual, that don't um, bring you comfort. Yes, yeah. exactly. Definitely. All right. So we, we got our session. We called you. <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're either on the couch or we're at the park and we might be getting everything from a hand holding to a full, you know, full body cuddle. Now, what happens when folks start getting excited? Because I know, I, I know this, uh, I, I, I know this. Some of a lot mm-hmm. of what you're, you have, and what you talk about is around platonic touch, and mm-hmm. and I've read some websites where they're like, this, like when I'm cuddling you, you're going to keep your clothes on, or I'm only going to touch you in the non-bikini areas. And so, yeah. what mm-hmm. happens when folks start start doing that? That, that booty poke out or like they start getting excited or, <laughs> or or that or you know that cuddle becomes a little bit stronger and it's like towards the chest or like towards the breast or something like what do we do in those moments yeah so part of the thing um that's in our paperwork and like I was saying earlier yeah. you know some of the conversations we have with clients like, it's immediately from the beginning. This is a platonic service. This yeah. is a non-sexual service. <laughs> and so in the paperwork, you yeah. know, it says that. And we emphasize that again. And then we have conversations about that. And we let them know. We're like, okay, this is probably, 
highly likely that it will happen. You're going to be in close proximity with another human body, yeah. and you may begin to get sexually aroused. Yeah. But what ain't going to happen? This <laughs> <laughs> is not a sexual service. So it's not going down like that. <laughs> So, you know, but we have the conversation up front. We don't, like, wait until the moment and then get in there and it's like, oh, oh, this is weird. This is, we let them know. It's a natural reaction. You're going to be close to somebody else's body. You're possibly going to get aroused because this is an intimate space that you're going to be in. And see, when we think back to, like, what we were just talking about, like, touch in our society and how it's been so sexualized. And how whenever you touch anyone, for the most part, after a certain age, yeah. then it's like, oh, this is sexual if you're touching me, and oh, this feels uncomfortable, or it's meant to lead to this. Right. So a lot of, you know, education or re-education or um, unlearning needs to happen around that. So understanding and recognizing that, I think that's where the compassion part comes in, too. You know, so let it in this speaking to people in a manner and letting them know this this may likely happen, you right. know, and it's perfectly fine. And when it happens, what we're going to do is we're going to shift. We need to change positions. We're going to change positions because this is not the type of work that we're doing. This is not a sexual service. Right. So we don't want to, like, amplify or cultivate that energy. Right. We're going to shift it back into the platonic, non-sexual space, because that's what this is, and that's what this is for. Gotcha. Like, I personally believe sex is a healing, a great healing tool and mechanism, but I don't provide sexual services to clients. So <laughs> that's not the type of service that we're offering. Right. And I also believe non-sexual touch is very healing and very powerful, and that's the type of service that I provide to clients. Gotcha. So that's what we're going to be doing together, <laughs> you know, like in session. That's um, what we going to do. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you're getting over here. And being aware, you know, so we, and then it's the paperwork we send out before we do the consultation that has it in there. Then we meet and we go through the paperwork and say, do you have any questions? Okay. Did you see this? Okay. You know what that means? Yes. And then in session, if it comes up, okay, we're, you know, re- doing readjusting and stuff. Nothing for you to be embarrassed about. It's a natural human reaction. You're close to somebody else. This is an intimate environment to be in with someone. Um, and being, you know, aware as a practitioner that you, you set these boundaries up. You told the client, the client has agreed that they understand. Yeah. And so if you were to have a client that were not to respect, that boundary, then they also know prior to session that, you know, if we have to make adjustments, but you begin to push those boundaries, or if the practitioner were to begin to push those boundaries at any point, either one of us can end the session. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Um, one, two, three strikes, you're out, right? right. I don't know if it'd be three strikes, so it might be like <laughs> one or two, and they're like, okay, so obviously we're not on the same page, so right. we're going to shut the session down, like gotcha. right now, and we're going to be out. Gotcha. So. Who receives the service? And I'm going to be real specific. Usually when I feel like I've seen like shows on cuddling or like those Facebook videos on cuddling, it's a whole bunch of white people. And I feel like, and when, so when I saw you, I was like, oh my gosh, like black people do this or like black people provide this service and it got into questions around like wait do black people go to cuddlers do people of color go to cuddlers and it just mm-hmm. it, it's like even the optics around it even the the websites that i pulled up or even like the google images that came up were all very white so mm-hmm. in your experience mm-hmm. yeah in, in your experience and like, yeah okay and i was gonna say like all the practitioners that i was when I was doing my research, it was all white women that yeah. I came across, you yeah. know, which is perfectly fine. Because um, I don't necessarily let that, I don't let that limit me. It's Absolutely. just like, oh, okay, that's great. So it's like, cool, white women. So we need some black women out there, too. Like, definitely. Um, yeah, so we've had a mixture of clients. And because um, a lot of clients have come through word of mouth. So a lot of um, our communal spaces are black people. And so a lot have come through, some have come through people we know who do massage therapy. Mm -hmm. So that's a bit more of like an easy kind of um, a gateway. It's like, oh, they might refer a client 
you know, some of their clients like, oh, massage therapist. Oh, you know, this might be an additional service. I know people who do cuddling, right? That has been helpful in some of our work too, having referrals from people. And then a lot of spaces I'm in, like online and stuff like that, like a lot of people in my community are black. So they'll see, you know, they'll see articles and things or they'll see me posting about stuff that might hit me up. So I guess, yeah, being a face, um, us, me and my partner, we're both black. So yeah. being a face to that, I think maybe at least in our spaces, it's kind of open people up to seeing, um, seeing that a little more. And then for black people to be like, oh, okay, yeah, this might be something that I can engage in. And I've also had white clients too, and they have come probably from like advertisements or like we had a website at one point. We don't currently have our website, um, just our social media pages. And then different places that I would we would post information. So like a mix. And I try to, we try to go out and connect with different spaces where people are doing like work kind of around things we're interested in, like work around healing, work around like spirituality in a way, you know, those different types of things. People who do work, like racial justice work, you know, like yeah. work around trauma. Because one of my interest areas is around trauma and healing. Yeah. So my sexuality work is more geared towards that, but I work in all spaces. Mm. So when we've seen opportunities to be out in spaces and to let people know that we are here, especially because um, we personally believe and recognize there's a lot of trauma in, like, black and brown spaces, yeah. being able to put ourselves out there and to be like, hey, we provide this work, and hey, this is needed, you know? So, yeah, I feel like, I don't know how much Atlanta's like a really big city in the Atlanta area, yeah. and we're not the only cuddlers in this in this city either. There are other um, cuddlers in Atlanta, okay. but definitely we try to put ourselves out there when we see things and let people know, like, hey, we're here, this is the work that we offer. So I feel like over the past few years since um, we started the business, <laughs> and people initially were like, what are you doing? What is and, that? <laughs> yeah, what is, what is cuddling? <laughs> you know, a lot of people connect cuddling with sex. It's like, yeah. oh, I cuddle with my sex, with my partner before or after sex. Or right. after, you know, then we'll like cuddle and it'll be like a little thing or whatever. But hearing like it's a... Uh, a therapeutic service, a healing service, you know, want to support people and just being more well-balanced and whole. Now, after like a couple years, I will get people that hit me up and they'll send me articles in my inbox where they'll tag me and stuff, you know, so like people, friends and stuff, family members, other people in my circles who are initially like, oh, that's like weird. They'll see stuff. I'm like, look, here's an article. Like, yeah, I know. I've been doing this for like three years. Right. Thank you. Like, I think I know a little something. Thank you now. <laughs> it's more validated for you at them. Yeah. But, you know, I like to see that also. It's like, oh, okay, cool. They associate us with like cuddling. So they'll see something. They'll be like, hey, did you see this? Or, hey, I think this would be good for you to like, and oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So that's really good. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, who besides, I mean, besides the race aspect, because I just, ha I had to ask because I was like, what? Is this, something yeah. that we, is this something that we do? And that's why I found it so unique when, when I came across you, because it was just like, I wonder who else, I wonder who does this. I wonder who. <laughs> like is it and and that's the thing and I think like with any topic I was I was talking to someone about STIs and with any topic mm -hmm. um just like be as far as being open with that it always becomes like okay why can or why are or why does it uh, why does it seem like white folks are more comfortable with talking and being open like mm -hmm. and why do yeah. they why can they just be like yeah I went to a culling session was totally fine versus like black or brown folks it and and I think having seeing you it kind of like made me kind of like look and be like okay I see us out here we we do it all there's there's a market here and and we need the same kinds of things so shout out to you for being out there but as far as besides the race who what i guess who what kind of person or what kind of experiences um would lead someone to get professional cuddling we work with clients who are single most of our 
clients, most have been male. Mm. Um, okay. Most have been heterosexual males, too. Okay. A mixture of races. Um, but single, uh, like either divorced or separated, um, going through divorces, and some might be more, um, have a more strong and strict, like, religious background, and it's like, I really need touch in my life. Mm. Um, I want to connect with someone but I'm not in a space where I want to develop a relationship. And I also don't want to put myself in a position where I might be tempted sexually because mm. that's, you know, against my religious beliefs or practices, you know, outside of marriage. I'm definitely not in a space to get married again because I'm going through a divorce or just in it like a relationship. Um, but I need a safe space to be able to receive that touch because I know it's important. And right. it's like killing me that I'm not receiving this. So like that are professionals, like, um, men who work a lot and they spend a lot of time building their careers. I see. And they're dating, but I can't ask this woman that I'm taking out on a date on the second or third date, hey, you want to come cuddle? Because she's not going to believe me that right. I just really want to cuddle and I like need touch. Right. You know, so she's going to be like, okay, what you trying? Like, no, nah, we're not going to do that, buddy. Right. So, like that. So, like, and then just like people who recognize and some of the women that we, we work with in spaces, like, because um, we've done large group cuddling, like, cuddle events before. Um, and some of the things people have said in those spaces, I think, just also um, wanting to feel more comfortable at touch. Um, mm. Not really feeling comfortable having people touch them and just wanting to, like, see what it's like and... And then recognizing once they, like, oh, wow, this is great, and maybe I need more of this in my life. I feel like everyone can use it. Like, I have had such amazing experiences, and even being, like, a cuddler and having, like, various relationships and stuff like that, I still have periods of time where I'm not receiving touch. Mm. And I recognize that, like, these past couple of weeks, doing a lot doing um, some work in different spaces, and I recognize I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't, like, received touch or cuddle, like, in a minute. Yeah. And it was like, oh, like, my body's like, oh, no, yeah. we need to be touched. We need someone <laughs> to hug us. We need someone to rub our feet. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, this does not feel good. Yeah. Like, you know, but you get busy in here. So, like, that also. So, those are some people who have thought it out. I feel like everyone needs it. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> and definitely want to get into the spaces where we can, especially, like, well, everyone. My my business partner and I also really want to be in spaces with, you know, seniors, elderly people. Because mm. when they're in certain environments, like homes and stuff like that, definitely don't feel like they're receiving the type of touch that they need to receive on a daily basis. And that could be a lot more beneficial for them being in those types of spaces. Definitely. That can imagine that, that can't be an easy place to be in, to be away from your family, if you have family, and just to be, like, in those environments and stuff like that and probably not receiving maybe not the level of care you deserve. I don't know. Not to be judgmental. Also, yeah. definitely, I'm sure, not the touch that you need. Absolutely. And the touch is very, like, I'm touching you to change your pants or touching you to, like, you know make sure you have something that you need but yeah you're right it's not a therapeutic kind of touch yeah I was just thinking I think again like I was saying earlier about um touch and age I think after like a certain age you know and depending on the people and the environment so if I think about certain genders um my first thing that pops in my head is like after a certain age I think this is a broad generalization mm -hmm. that young boys probably start receiving touch more than young girls do mm. sooner at a certain age. Like, I, I believe that. I don't know what the stats say in research, but I just believe that if people are more stereotypically or traditionally socialized, right? So, mm. because at from, like, birth, you know, with male socialization, they're taught to be tough and not to all those things that girls are not taught to right. want and to need and to nurture, right? So that happens, and I think at a certain age with young boys, they probably start receiving touch a lot younger than girls do. Wow. And then not receiving that just general touch that they need, I think moving on, when people get a certain 
age older, once they're out of relationships. So, you know, once you're hitting that, like, the senior phase, because um, I remember, like, even in classes and learning about people older, and this is related to, like, my sexuality work, sex ed work, learning that people feel like, oh, when somebody reaches a certain age, like over their 50s or something, they're no longer sexually active or interested mm. in sex. And that's not true, right? right? But we just kind of like cut them off and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, they. why would my grandparents be having sex or my older <laughs> parents? They are not doing that. They're, you know, so with those types of views about aging also, so if you no longer have a partner in your life, your partner's passed away or you guys have divorced and you're an older elderly person, are you receiving touch, right? Because again, not even sexual touch, but just touch because I think like that's put in that same category for me about the way people view it. It's like, oh, you're older, so you don't need sexual touch, which is separate, you know, the non-platonic touch. And then probably also you don't need platonic touch either because you're like an elderly person. So Mm. we're not thinking, we're not thinking because we kind of like, I think sometimes our society can cut them off in our minds and be like, just forget about them and forget about like their needs and their bodies and their, their humans and stuff like that. So, so you um, talked about a little bit about like some therapeutic properties, but I guess the culminating question is why, why do it? What are the benefits to cuddling? Different research studies out there for people who have done research just around touch in general, not necessarily cuddling, but cuddling brings in like touch and it talks about the benefit of receiving um, skin-to-skin contact and the hormones that are released when we do that. Um, And it helps to improve our health. Like, overall, it helps to lower um, symptoms of depression, helps to lower aggression, uh, our expressions of aggression. Um, It helps to promote connectedness and feelings of connectedness and being bonded to other human beings, which is really important. Because when we begin to feel disconnected and we move into a space of dehumanizing each other, Mm. it's a lot easier to begin to violate people and to um, cross boundaries that we might not necessarily cross if we were able to still feel those, those bonds of connection and caring for each other. And, you know, not saying that's the only thing that creates aggression and creates violence in our societies, but I do personally believe and there's probably research that backs it up and talks about it. The more disconnected we are and not bonded to each other, the easier it is to, you know, move in that space of harming someone and not seeing them as human. Increase um, healthy aspects of our being and decrease, like, stress hormones, decrease feelings of anxiety, um, feelings of depression, and those types of things, too. Not a substitute for doing other therapeutic work, you know, like maybe going to see a counselor, but it can be an added benefit. Yes. I'm ready to cuddle now. Yes. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. I mean, I just, I appreciate this conversation because, I mean, I just, like I said, I know or knew nothing. I just knew about what I was reading on the internet and there are horror stories where folks are like, I was a cuddler. And someone just tried to make try to make me touch them in some weird places. Or you have the just like really touchy feely. I don't know why are you guys talking about this? Like everyone does this kind of articles. So I just appreciate you just just giving us some insight because I was working oh, with you're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a we got um, two listener questions. Are you are you up to answer them? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll do my best. Yes. So this says, hey, ask the cuddler. That was the subject. Um, (laughs) um, The question says, is it cool for a guy to be a little spoon? Asking for a friend who likes to be a little spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is perfectly fine. I feel like cuddling is genderless. Yes. So... You can be in whatever position you feel comfortable being in, you know? I actually, um, part of my, mm-hmm. like, understanding of life and stuff anyway, um, I'm into energy, too. So, like, mm-hmm. in sacred sexuality work, energy, all that stuff. So, my understanding of life at this point and what I believe to be true is that we all hold masculine and feminine energy inside of us, mm-hmm. no matter where along the gender spectrum you identify, you hold both masculine and feminine energy within your body that you are 
carrying or walking on this earth with. Definitely. At times, when I have been working and cuddling with people, I have recognized I needed to activate more. And I, I just more naturally, I, I more naturally operate in my feminine energy, like more of my feminine energy. So, um, and at times I have to like really cultivate or push or I need to do more cultivation to bring up more of my masculine energy. Mm-hmm. But so I just naturally move in my feminine energy. And for me, uh, working with clients and stuff like that, I can see or often feel a need to offer them more of my feminine, more of my mothering, more of my nurturing type of energy. And that does include whether they identify as masculine or feminine or wherever they are on the gender spectrum. Um, I can feel like, oh, this person needs more of this feminine nurturing energy that I have. And that's like a perfect position to be the one to be able to hold to be the big spoon right. for the person. Now, my favorite position is being little spoon because I like being held. Mm. Yes, when I'm working, mm-hmm. I recognize that is a position or energy that a person needs to be in to be, cra- to be cradled and to be held and to receive that. Because um, there's something so very powerful about being able to submit in a safe environment and just let go mm. and know that you're held and know that you're safe and you're not going to be violated. That's a very powerful space to be in. And lots of people, for all sorts of reasons, Definitely. don't always get that. Definitely. Um, are not always able to be in that space. So sometimes I wish I were, like, a bigger-bodied person because I have worked with, like, larger-bodied people. And I'm like, I can't wrap my arms because yeah. I really want them to get the full effect. And yeah. I want it to be, like, great because I just want to, you know, pull them in like a mother and hold them and cradle them so they can just completely relax mm. and just... You know, definitely just feel what that feels like because I know what it feels like for me when I'm with someone that can just hold in that space and it's like, oh, it's just like this perfect, like yes, definitely, just be here, yeah. Shayla, what? So, yes, yeah, you can be in whatever position you want to be in. <laughs> Shay- Shayla, what do you do when your arms start? You know, you know, sometimes as a person who likes to cuddle myself, what happens when uh-huh. that when that shoulder, that circulation, that blood, <laughs> like. Yeah, you got to make adjustments, you know? Like, okay, I think it's time for us to move into a new position. My arm is going a little numb. I think everybody understands that. I think everybody that has cuddled knows, like, okay, yes. The arm gets to dead position or the leg does. Now we got to shake it up and move over to, like, another position, so. <laughs> See, my, I, I need you to talk to my husband because I'll be trying to, I be trying to be on his, I be trying to be on his shoulder slash chest, and then he's like, um... Uh, this is uncomfortable, and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Are you holding me or not? Like, what are we, do, what are we doing here? Uh-huh. What are we doing? <laughs> we have a second question, and this person asks, "Is it a bad idea to cuddle with a person you don't know that you don't know if you like, i.e., fuck buddy or one night stand?" My immediate answer is no. I don't think so because. You know, as a cuddler, we cuddle with everyone. So um, I guess what what would be good to know from the person is, are they concerned that cuddling with a one-night stand or a fuck buddy is going to um, send a type of signal or message that they do not want to send to that person? So, No. (laughs) <laughs> is my answer because yeah. like I said I cuddle with everyone um as a cuddler I believe everyone needs that cuddling is not sexual it's a non-sexual um act or service while it happens for some people like that might be engaging in sexual activity it's yeah. not mutually exclusive being sexually involved with the person so whether you like them or not, no. Um, another thing, like coming from my counseling background, that we've always been taught what I've been, what I've been taught in my training to be aware of working with, say, just strictly counseling clients. You make it a client one day that you find yourself attracted to. Mm. So be aware of that out the gate. Like for whatever reason, you know, because clients are going through their stuff, you're going through your stuff. Somebody might walk in your office that you find yourself attracted to. Um, 
you need to be in spaces of supervision so you can process that with your super with a supervisor or with a colleague, you mm. know, if you're out of the space of receiving supervision. But being aware of that and not being taken off guard because you're a human being and they're a human being and they're probably gonna be interested. And you're also gonna have clients you don't like, you can't stand. Right. <laughs> and then being aware of those things too and like how do I move through that to best serve this person. I can still work with someone I'm attracted to, but not to pretend like, oh, I am so way up here that I'm a counselor and I'm a professional counselor and I'm not going to ever be attracted to a client. You know, that false shit people walk around with, like, oh, I'm like all here in this space and that would never happen to me. No, you're human. It could happen to you. Right. And what is your, what's your strategy plan for if that does happen to you? You have a colleague and or a supervisor you can process that with and then knowing when, if that becomes too much, how to ethically move out of working with that person because you don't want to abandon a client Mm -hmm. and at the same time, you don't want to put either one of you at risk. You don't want to keep working with this person if you know I'm not going to be able to do this because the attraction is just too strong and blah, blah, whatever. Right. So all of those different things and also um, same thing with cuddling, right? So being aware, like, it could happen. This person is a person. I'm a person, too. What is your strategy? What's your plan for if that does happen? Right. So you do become attracted to a client. You might have to stop having them as a client, Mm. you know? Not saying you have to be involved with them, but just being aware you're human. It right. can happen. Right. Um, and you don't want to ever put yourself in a position, if you're working ethically, to bring harm to their healing process or what they're seeking for your own selfish reasons and for their own. If you decide to stop cuddling with them and maybe decide if you there's some mutual thing and you all decide, like, hey, maybe we do want to see if we want to pursue a relationship, you know. And also being aware of the potential that exists in any type of when you're providing service for someone or or presenting yourself as like an expert or something, they're seeking something from you because there can be that and you never, you always want to make sure it is a mutual thing and it's never like Mm -hmm. this person is in a position where they're being forced to do something or they feel like someone has taken advantage of them. So, you know, all the nuances around um, just being a professional, providing services, and then not trying to fool yourself and being like, you Superman or Superwoman, and <laughs> that ain't going to hit you upside the head. Because, right. like, if Michael Ely walked in and was like, Shayla, I want to cuddle with you, I'm going to be like, from the gate, yo, we can't cuddle, but hey, <laughs> I know I'm already attracted to you. So, no, I can't cuddle you. Maybe you can cuddle with my business partner. Yes. You know, or she might be like, no, we can't cuddle. So, all right. <laughs> We can send you to somebody else. And can I get those digits? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call you later, yes. and we can we can non-ethically in this setting cuddle. So <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yes. But you're oh not a client. I'm not taking money from you. Like, but mm-hmm. yeah. Shayla, I appreciate you giving us all of this insight, all of these tips, and I know I know I'm creeping up on on my time here, so I am going to. I want to respect your time. Where can listeners okay. find you? Do you have any upcoming events? How can we support your work? See, I don't have any upcoming events. Do I? Do I? Do I? No, I don't have any upcoming events right now. You can find me on my social media pages, Facebook and Instagram, under my name, Shayla D. Tumbling. Um, my cuddling, the cuddling service also has its own personal site, okay. a Southern Touch company. Um, but I usually share mostly from my personal page and then repost things or uh, post things on the other pages, too. So you can just find me on my social media, Shayla D., as in doll, Tumbling. Uh, I don't have anything coming up for the rest of the year around, like, my cuddling work sure. right now. Sure. Um, but you can just keep your eye out, you know. Yeah, you can shoot me an inbox on Facebook or Instagram. Or hit my DM on Instagram. And, you know, we can talk if you're interested in getting cuddling services or knowing more information that I can be of service. So Definitely. How, the last question is mm-hmm. how do you build your vagisteam? So vagisteam was something that I created a few years mm-hmm. ago. And basically vagisteam is a concept by which one builds the confidence of and in their vulva and vagina. And I believe that this confidence leads to a healthy and satisfying sex life. So how do you build your vagisteam? 
oh, how do I feel? <laughs> I hit you. Thought, you thought you were done, but I hit you with the introspective question at the end. <laughs> he did. He did. Oh, that's a good one. Let's see. Um, I do feel it because I have been on my own, like, sexual exploration, awakening journey and stuff like that. There are a lot of different practices mm. that I have tried um, or different things that I do. I do a lot of different things like yoni steaming, um, yoni massages. I've utilized yoni eggs. Um, I guess most importantly, most importantly, though, at the core of all of that is me, again, kind of like what I said at the beginning, like listening to my voice. Yeah. So... So in this sense, so checking in with like my vulva, checking in with like my vagina, checking in with my yoni. I use that yoni word a lot. Yeah. Like, um, like what do you want? You know, like what feel like my yoni and my womb. Like, what do you want? What feels good for you? Like, what do you need right now? I went through a phase where, uh, not a phase, but I used to work with a yoni egg, a yoni egg. Um, Practitioner is not the right word. Uh, a yoni egg business. I worked yeah. with a yoni egg business for like two years. Love yoni eggs. Yeah. They're like a really powerful tool. And at one point, though, I reached the um, I reached the point where I was like, oh, I'm kind of right now going to take a break from utilizing like yoni eggs, um, like using them internally. And you know, I've done like yoni massages before. I think they're great. I really yeah. want to um, delve a little more into that. Um, like some do some more intentional healing work, like in that area. Um, but the main thing is me listening to my yoni, my vulva, my vagina, those different areas. Yes. And saying like, you know, what do you need right now? Like, what do you want? Um, like, cause I know I, I feel like I'm on a, Hmm. I don't want to say a never ending process of healing because for me that makes me feel like oh, I never get done with my healing. But uh, <laughs> a never ending journey of connecting with my sexuality and learning about my sexual power and like moving in that space Definitely. and my sexual growth. So I like that. That feels good. Mm-hmm. And so with that, you know, there are always going to be different things that come up and different things that I may want to try and utilize to help me in those spaces. So listening to um, listening to that voice that belongs to my sacred womb yoni space and what it needs at that time, yes. you know. So, yes, yeah. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> No, that was You're amazing. Welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for talking about your business. Thank you for, for being so candid. And, I mean, I'm ready to learn some more. So I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you again. Oh, awesome. You are welcome. And thank you for, you know, having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, y'all. I hope you learned a little bit about cuddling from this episode. I definitely learned something. Please remember to rate the podcast and leave a comment on iTunes. You can also leave a comment on SoundCloud and you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and now Google Music. You can get in touch with me by sending me an email at vagisteam at gmail.com. You can even send me a text message at 443-692-7802. Check out the Vagisteam website at vagisteam.com and also remember to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at vagisteam and you can follow any of the conversations at hashtag vagisteam. Tag me in your post. I want to talk with you. I'll follow back. I'll do all the stuff. Let's chat. So I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you later. Bye. I'm so possessive, so I, 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 I.